0: This morning, it is, we are in, you are in for a treat. 9 a.m. service, already got to to, uh, participate in this, but we have a great service plan. Right now, you're going to be getting a paper given to you. We have uh, five different communicators going to share the word with us this morning. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you thought one speaker was good, five is even better. Come on. And so as a church, as you know, we've been in a series called Faith Forward, and and we're looking at some core areas that we as a church are giving ourselves to, focusing on, and uh, one of those areas we launched with was connecting to God, growing in our walk with Jesus. Last week, Pastor Steve talked about finding freedom through community, finding a small group. This week, we're talking about discovering your purpose, and we thought, what better way to talk about God's divine gifts he's given you that he's created you for a purpose that actually letting five people use their gifts and and express that this morning and so this morning we've got five speakers they have each have 5 minutes a set topic yes there will be a timer and yes there will be a buzzer that goes off if they go past their time let's a gong that's it that they're done so service one, both girls were under time. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, I want you guys, we're going to get ready to start. And uh, I just want to read a quick bio so you get to know who our lovely speakers are if you don't know them. Our first speaker is Marianne West. <laughs> Marianne is a part of the Joy Church staff, a mother of three, a grandmother of Two, one of them are on the way. Um, and uh, she serves in our growth track ministry, worship ministry, and is one of our first impressions team leads. Give it up for Marianne. Our second speaker this morning is Mr. Drew Kenney. Come on. Is one of our junior high ministry team leads. Uh, he's a father of two and serves in our youth ministry, growth track, emceeing, and kind of everywhere. So, Drew's probably served in that department if it if it happens. Uh, our third speaker this morning is Allie Schmelzer. <laughs> Allie is a part of the Joy Church staff. She and her husband Gino lead the Zoe interns, and she serves in our production team and dream team. Um, As well as she's probably served in, she's our high school team lead as well, works with our high schoolers. So, get up for Allie. Our our fourth speaker this morning is Robert Gotchen. Uh, Come on. Robert is a former senior pastor from Louisiana and now serves as a part of the Dream Team here at Joy as a First Impressions team lead. And I I, uh, shared this first service, but I was talking to Robert. I said, Robert, how many times were you preaching roughly in a year in Louisiana? He said, about 150 messages a year. So uh, tune in, lean in as as Robert shares. There's so much wisdom and depth from what flows out of him. Thank you, Robert. He'll be sharing today. Our fifth and final speaker is the one and only Mr. Johnny Schmelzer. Johnny is a part of the Joy Church staff and serves in leading our Connect Groups ministry, worship ministry, and youth ministry. How many of you guys are excited this morning to hear from this panel of speakers? So you have in front of you a note card. It has the five topics. They are in order as they speak. Love for you to take some notes down as you hear from them. Let's get ready. Joy Church to receive from our team.
1: Well, this morning, we're gonna start off with a little group participation. So I have a question to ask, a simple question of two people. Um, What's your name?
2: That was easy.
1: (laughs) Okay, what's your name?
2: That was
3: easy.
1: <laughs> I love this button. Thanks, Pastor Kim. <laughs> now, if I were to ask you, what is it that God has divinely designed or created you to do? It might have been a little bit more difficult for you to come with an answer versus when I asked you your name. Would you agree with that? Yeah. So as I was preparing, I had a song kind of come to my mind, and you're probably going to recognize this song. It's from an old TV show, and it was the beginning part of every time that show would air. The show was CSI, and the song went like this. Who are you? Who, 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 who? Okay, you want to join me? Who are you? Who, 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 who? Okay, now the next line though, that's the one that really stuck in my mind because it said this, I really want to know. And I want to ask you today, do you really want to know? Do you want to know who you are in Christ Jesus? Because he wants to tell you. In Ephesians 2.10, it tells us that we are his workmanship. We are his masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The message translation says it like this. He creates us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Wow. Okay, he wants us to join him. In the work. How amazing is this God that we serve who has created everything that you see around you and he created us. And you know what? He took into account every little detail about our lives before we were ever a thought in our parents' minds. He fashioned us with a purpose and he gave us gifts that would be used for the work that he called us to do. Now, no two people in this room are exactly alike. You may have similar gifts and talents. However, those gifts are for you to specifically use for the purpose he created for you to fulfill. So how do we begin to figure this out? How do we find the gifts? Well, a friend once told me, find what makes your heart sing. So for me, that meant you had to personally do something, right, so I began to try some things and to see what areas would make my heart sing. For example, I love to organize things, and I love to administrate things. I like things to be done excellently and in order. Um, I also love to use the gift of singing, and I love to worship God, and I love to lead people into the presence of God. I love to teach, and I really love it when you're teaching somebody something, and for the first time, it's like a light bulb goes on when they get that thing that you're teaching them. And you know what else I love? I love to watch people begin to discover what their gifts are and they begin to come alive. You know, part of this also includes figuring out what doesn't make your heart sing. And you know, I tried to stint in children's ministry and I realized I didn't really have a gift for that. But you know what? That's okay because God has other gifts that he wants us to use. So, what fun and what joy it brings when we begin to use those gifts that God has given to us. And you know what? Even more joy comes when we begin to pour into those who are around us, like our family and our friends and those who are in the body of Christ, and you begin to see them put their gifts to use. So, I'm going to ask you this question one more time Who are you? And do you really want to know? Let 2018 be your year of discovering the gifts he has given you so that you can begin to do all the things that he planned for you to do. You are a masterpiece. And he has a plan for you and for your gifts. Let's discover them together in 2018.
4: Well, good morning. I don't think I could have done a better job of introducing myself, so I won't try. However, I would like to introduce you to a few very special guests this morning. And the first person I'd like you to meet is Simone Biles. Simone is 21 years old, and she's an American artistic gymnast. Having won a combined total of 19 Olympic and World Championship medals, Biles is the most decorated American gymnast to this day. Next, I'd like you to meet Michael Phelps. Michael is 32 years old and is a retired American competitive swimmer, sorry, and the most successful and most decorated Olympian of all time, wow. And last, I'd like you to meet Usain Bolt. Usain is 31 years old and is a retired Jamaican sprinter. Due to his dominance and achievements in sprint competition, he is widely considered to be the greatest sprinter of all time and even the fastest man alive, wow. Now I know what you're thinking, And you're right, these athletes have accomplished a lot. They've worked very hard to get where they are today. Now, although it might be hard to believe, I'm here to tell you this this morning, that these athletes, they're just ordinary people. They're no different than you and I. Now, if you wanna get really technical, try to put me in one of their competitive uniforms, there's a difference, a very big difference. My wife, she doesn't even want to see that. (laughs) The point is, these Olympic champions didn't start any different than you or I. In fact, they have the same 700 or so muscles in their bodies that you and I do. No superpowers, no genetic modifications, no special advantages. They probably even ate the same cereal that you did when you were young. Simone Biles, Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, they're just ordinary people, but... I love buts. <laughs> but they are doing extraordinary things with the gifts God has given them. Now that, my friends, is what God has for you and I. Romans 12, 6 tells us that God has given each of us gifts. And his desire is that we would take those gifts and that we would use them and we would use them well. In light of that, I'd like to share three actions with you that I believe will help you and I in developing and stewarding our given gifts. Are you ready? Action one, take a step. You have to start somewhere. I've heard and found to be true that the hardest part about doing anything is starting or taking the first step. But I'll tell you this, you'll never get anywhere if you never start anything. Our gifts, they're like muscles. The more we use them, the stronger they get. The more you use your gifts, the better you get. Simone Biles once said, I take things one step at a time. Take a step and you gotta start somewhere. Action two, join a team. We're better together and we need a security net of people to surround us. Michael Phelps says, so many people along the way, whatever it is you aspire to do, will tell you it can't be done. But all it takes is imagination. You dream, you plan, you reach. The team we surround ourselves with will either strengthen us in our gifts or deter us from our gifts. We need people around us that are gonna encourage us in our gifts. Find the people doing what you wanna do and find the people that are going where you wanna go and join their team. Last action, find a coach. Someone, I promise, someone is out there and they are cheering for you. You just have to find them. I'm a firm believer that behind every successful athlete, there's a team. And behind every team, there's a coach. We need a coach that will identify our weaknesses and help us get better. We need a coach that's going to get in our face and encourage us when we're ready to quit. We need a coach that's standing at the finish line, waiting to celebrate with you. Simone Biles says, surround yourself with the dreamers, the doers, the believers, and thinkers, but most of all, surround yourself with those who see greatness within you, even when you don't see it yourself. A coach sees the ordinary you and I, but they help draw out those extraordinary God-given gifts within you. I believe God is in the business of the extraordinary, and he wants to take your ordinary life and do the extraordinary with it. Why? Why does God want to do that you might ask? Because God gets all of the glory when you use your gifts. So this morning I want to ask you, will you develop and steward all of your God-given gifts?
2: For the last six or so years, I have been getting up on this stage in front of this congregation of people for roughly five minutes, just like today, giving the announcements. And for the last roughly six years, getting up on this stage in front of this congregation has been absolutely terrifying. You know, I have people come to me all the time, and they say things like, I could never in a million years have the kind of confidence that you do. I would be so afraid. It must just come so natural to you. Or I have people say, things like this just come easy to people like you, whatever that's supposed to mean, but Here's the thing, is I can tell you that could not be farther from the truth. So many Sunday mornings, I've been searching in absolute desperation during worship, looking for Thomas or for Drew or for one of the other MCs that in the case I needed to quickly hand them my MC card so that I could run to the bathroom to throw up because I was so afraid. There's been so many times I've gotten up on the stage with my hands shaking, my stomach in knots, only to trip over my words and think to myself, they will surely never ask me to do this again. You know, there was a guy in the Bible who dealt a lot with fear and insecurity, and his name was Saul. And God had chosen Saul to have a very important job, he was to be the first king of the nation of Israel. And God had revealed this to Saul, he, he knew it was coming. And so there comes this moment where all of Israel has gathered together and the prophet Samuel is going to announce who the next king is gonna be. And I picture this a lot like one of those big award shows or like the finale of American Idol, where Samuel gets up and there's been this narrowing down process and Samuel gets up in front of the people, he opens the envelope, pulls out the card and, and boldly says, the next king of Israel is Saul, and you know, you have the the confetti cannons go off, the band starts playing, this big spotlight's just searching the whole audience. And no Saul, he's not anywhere to be found. And so the people, they go and they ask God and they say, God, where is he? Where did, where's Saul? Where'd he go? He knew this was coming, where is he? And and, And God says to the people, he says, he's hiding in the baggage. And it's interesting because the Bible doesn't tell us much about the physical appearance of Saul, other than it says that he stood head and shoulders taller than everyone else. He was tall, Saul. And what's interesting about tall Saul is that outwardly he was this picture of strength and valor and had it together, but yet he was found hiding in the baggage. And so many times in our own lives, we put off excuses of why we can't do something with our gifts because we're trying to make ourselves look big and tall on the outside, but inside, we just weren't hiding in our own baggage, right? And and it's funny because you, you skip forward a few, a little bit of time and Saul has become king and he comes to this moment where he's disobeyed God. And the prophet Samuel, he comes to Saul and he says these words, he says, "'Saul, though you think yourself and you see yourself "'so little in your own eyes, "'has not God chosen you to be king over all of Israel?' And then he says, "'Why did you do this?' And so then finally there's some back and forth, but Saul finally breaks down and admits and he says, I was afraid of what the people would think about me. And that's why I disobeyed God. And it was, it's so sad to me because that insecurity, that fear never left him, it led him into disobedience and it ended up costing him all that God had for him. And it's so sad to me because if you actually look at what Saul's name actually means, the name Saul means asked for, believed for or prayed for. And here's where it connects to us this morning is I believe there are people out there who are asking for who are believing for and who are praying for the God-given gifts that he has put inside of each and every one of you. And God has raised you up to be the answer to those people's petitions and to their prayers. And yet so many times because of fear, we say, God, I'm not gonna be the answer you've called me to be. I, I feel too little in my own eyes. I'm afraid of what people are gonna think about me. If only they knew, if only they knew the thoughts I thought about myself, if only they knew how many times I'd screwed it up in the past. If only they knew, I'm not smart Enough, I'm not capable enough, I'm not the right person for the job. We think those things that are so little but ourselves, and and we just hide in our own baggage, just like Saul did. But instead, my encouragement to you this morning is the same words that Samuel said to Saul, where he said, Though you think yourself so little in your own eyes, has not God chosen you? He's put the gifts inside of you, He's ready with His grace and His strength to equip you. Choose to step away from fear and into faith and trust God with your gifts.
3: I want to tell you today that I believe that God wants to use us to serve others with the gift that we have. And so when you find out what that gift is, In such a powerful way, God wants to use you to help others. But one way before we can do that, we have to love people. How many of you know that's hard sometimes? We have to love people in spite of their unloveliness to you. Sometimes people are not friendly. But God wants to use us and we have to have a desire to love. And I would encourage you say, God, please help me to love people. And if you ask God to give you that burden, he will. And you know, in Second Timothy chapter one and verse six, Paul spoke about Timothy. He sent him out to Ephesus to to minister. And while he was there ministering, he must have had some fear, just like Allie was talking about fear. And he said, look, I want you to stir up the fear, stir up the the gifts that's inside you because there's a powerful gift inside you. And he knew it. And he also finished that verse by saying, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. And so if we know that and we get that in our heart and we say, God, I know I'm victorious through you, Christ Jesus, we'll learn to grow in our gifts. And I tell you, there's not a better place to grow in your gifts but right here at this church. God wants to use you and he can, and he can actually help you. I love Growth Track. I encourage you to get involved in that. But there's so many other programs that will help you right here in the church. And I encourage you to get involved in that. Pray ask God. Say, God, give me a love and a passion, not only for people, but God, help me to spend time in devotion and prayer for you, to seek your face. And then get a hold of some of the leaders in the church. We have elders, we have the pastor and your pastor, we have connect group leaders. I encourage you to get a hold of them and say, Lord, I need to talk to these people so I can be confirmed. I I will be confirmed and know that this is the gift and that God wants me to walk in. And if I can walk in that, God will use me in a mighty way. So, in First Peter chapter, First uh, Peter chapter uh, four, we find he talks about verse ten. He says, "Be hospitable to one another without grumbling." Sometimes that's hard, but we gotta we gotta suck it up and say, "Yes, Lord, help me to love people so that I will be hospitable." He goes on to say here, as each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another. So we're supposed to take the gift and minister to others, and love on people, and show them how how much uh, we we have to give. Because you know, I think that the enemy does try to bring fear into our lives. It tries to make you think. You know, what about my past? What did I do in the past that was so bad that I can't I can't move forward and I'm paralyzed? And God wants to pull you past that. And in Acts chapter three, verse one, we find Peter and John walking. On the way to the temple, and at the temple, this was a place of prayer. They were going to pray that day, and they were on their way, and here was a man that was laying there, and he was lame since the time of his birth, and he had not walked. And so, he looked at him, and he saw the need, and that's important when we begin to help people, to serve people, we got to see their need. And he saw the need, and he said, "I, I... uh, I don't have any gold. I don't have any silver. But such as I have, I give it to you. And that's the key. It, you may not have a whole lot, but if you've got something, be willing to give it out to, the, to people that have. He said, such as I have, I give you. And he reached down and he grabbed this man up from being lame at all his life. And he said, now you're holy. And he said, the Bible said he went walking and leaping and praising God. See, God got the victory. God got the, the glory. And that's what's important. We got to let people have the glo- God have the glory in what we do. <clears throat> so for faithful to, to, to serve others, God will use us. But a lot of times he'll also want you to serve others at the most inconvenient time. People will get on your nerve if you if you're not careful. But again, let me tell you something. We've got to be willing to be interrupted. You know, if Peter and Paul, if Peter and John would have been so caught up in, oh, we've got to be on time. We've got to get over there to that that prayer service or whatever, they might have missed out. And that's to say you should be on time, of course. But but when it comes to letting your busy life manipulate your time, you've got to take priority and say, God, help me to spend time loving people people enough that when they interrupt my schedule, I say, thank you, Lord, because you're using me to serve someone else. And that's the beauty of doing that. If we'll just be willing to allow others to interrupt our lives and love us through it, we'll love them. And then it works in a beautiful way. And so I encourage you, use your gifts to serve others today. Amen. God wants to do it.
5: 2,000 years ago, there was a little boy in a crowd. A raging crowd of 5,000 men, not including women and children, like this little boy. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a crowd like this. I have, and it is a wild scene full of pushing and shoving and thronging in absolute, utter chaos. But it got worse for this little boy. This was a hungry crowd. Now, the only thing worse than a thronging crowd of 5,000 people is a hungry crowd around dinner time. Yet in the midst of this madness, there was a little boy who had no idea that he was about to be the center of a miracle. As dinner time approached, Jesus asked one simple question, where can we buy food for all of these people? Philip was obviously astounded by Jesus' question and answered like any of us would, Jesus, This is impossible. It would take us six months to buy enough bread for all of these people. Now, I'm not sure if this little boy overheard their conversation or if the disciples went on a frantic search looking for food, but here comes the kicker. Andrew presents this little boy to Jesus, armed with a lunchbox packed by mom, with five loaves and two fish to feed all of the multitudes every single one of us would protest the absurdity of feeding a multitude of five loaves and two fish. And Andrew speaks for all of us when he says, Lord, what is this for so many people? What difference can five loaves and two fish make? I believe that many of us look at our lives and we say the same thing. Lord, who am I for so many? Lord, what is my life compared to the world? When God created us, he puts in us a desire for fruitfulness. Every single one of us has an inward longing for significance, for meaning. If you're like me, you say, God, I want to change the world. Yet so many of us, like the disciples, feel hopeless. And we say, God, my time, my talents, my treasure, what are they for so many? Now, I remember the day this became real for me. Many of you remember the day that we canvassed our city with door hangers for Fall Family Fun Day. I had 10,000 flyers and a heart full of passion. I went with a team of high school guys, and we determined we would be the fastest, hardest working group out there. We ran, and we ran, and we ran from door to door. We strategized for top efficiency, for top effectiveness, and maximum output. And as I ran, I thought if I could train to run faster, if I could learn how to put up more door hangers and pick the best neighborhoods, I could go every week and cover the whole entire city. However, as I began to count the number of doors, I quickly became discouraged. Working as hard as I could, as fast as I could, I realized I can never hit every single door in our whole city until I realized something that changed my life that day. I was not working alone. If there were 50 of us out there, for every one door hanger I was putting on a door, there were 49 others, and this changed the way that I began to count. Rather than counting one, two, and three, I realized it looked more like this. 50, 100, 150, 200. In a matter of moments, together, we had put over 1,000 door hangers. and that day, over five or 6,000. As we gathered that day, I felt God speak to me, Johnny, you can spend the rest of your life trying to become the greatest laborer in the field. Or, you can join a team of laborers and you can do more together than you ever could do by yourself. Church, I believe that we are better together. God has created us in such a way that we can do more together than we ever could do alone. We are a body. You might feel like an arm, a finger, or even an armpit, but the kingdom of God needs every single one of us. He needs every single one. This morning, you might come like Andrew. Lord, what is my life for so many? You may wonder, who am I, what can I do, what difference can my life make? Do you remember that little boy? Jesus took five simple loaves and two little fish and he fed a multitude. I urge you, bring your life before the king of kings. Lay down your time, your treasure, and your talents before him. Not only this, but lay down your life with hundreds of other people. If Jesus can multiply loaves and he can multiply fish, what could he do with all of our lives together? Jesus does not count like you and me. He doesn't count one, two, three. He looks at all of our lives together and he says 400, 800, 1,200. Give him your life. Give him your time, your talents, your treasure. Give him your small fish and your, four, your small loaves and watch what he can do because we are better together.
0: Come on, let's give it up for our five speakers. That was good. Come on, we are better together. Who's ready now to use your gifts and jump up here? You got five minutes. (laughs) Wow. Can we thank them once again? They did an amazing job. What a challenge. How many guys today God spoke through one or all of those messages to you? Maybe you felt this morning the Holy Spirit nudging on your heart to be reminded that you have a divine design or to be reminded that it's time to develop those gifts and activate them or maybe it was fear that God was saying it's time to move past fear. Or perhaps that God is calling us to use our gifts to serve others. Or uh, lastly, just to be, rem- to be reminded that we really are better together, right? Would you stand to your feet, church? We're going to get ready to, to close this morning. You know, the first thing that we want to give an invitation every week here at Joy Church is we want to give an opportunity that if you do not know the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, and you you came to this place saying, you know what, I know that that there's a God, and and, and I believe that He's created me, but I have not walked in relationship with Him. And today is a perfect day to come home to the God who loves you, and to receive His life that He's he's made for you to have and to receive His salvation. And so if you came to this place looking for God, and you're ready to put your faith in Him, your trust in Him, would you just step out of your seat, wherever you are, and come down here this morning? Every person here this morning that says, man, I need, I need God. maybe Maybe you've gone to church, maybe there was times in your life you served Him, but you say, you know, I've been walking far away. This is a great day to come home to Jesus and give your life to Him. Awesome. Awesome. Come on, every person here this morning, that you're saying, man, I, I need to come home to the God who loves me, the God who made a way for relationship with me. If that's your prayer this morning, just come. We're gonna, one last call, every person here that's ready to surrender their life to Jesus, come. Quickly, awesome. Church, can we pray together? We're gonna all just repeat after me and just make that commitment afresh to put our trust in Jesus. Dear Lord, we come before you and I give you our lives Jesus I receive the life you've given I believe Jesus that you died on the cross and that you rose again on the third day that you have taken my sin you have taken my shame and given me life instead help me father to follow you to give you all my life. Jesus, I believe that you are God and that you are my God. If you will be my father, I will be your your child. Thank you for your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a shout? Awesome. Awesome. They're going to take you guys in the back and pray with you. For the rest of us, church. If you're here and you are say, you know, I'm stirred this morning that I, I want to walk in the purpose God has given for me. I want to use the gifts he's created me to use and you're just stirred this morning by that. Would you lift your hands? You're saying afresh, God, I'm going to use my gifts to bring glory to you. I'm going to use my gifts to serve your people. I don't want to just hold those gifts to myself but I want to let them be used to serve others and to bring you glory. God, I thank you for every person that their hands Are raised this morning. God, every one of them has been divinely designed by you. You have placed within them gifts. And Lord, this morning I pray as a church we would make a fresh commitment to use those gifts to serve others, to use those gifts to build your church, to use those gifts to bring you glory. God, we thank you for the gifts you've placed within us. Help us to develop them, help us to use them. God, if we've gotten stuck, help us to get unstuck stuck and begin to use and activate those gifts. Come on, we're going to worship for just a moment. You can pray. Just surrender our hearts this morning. Thank you, Jesus.